0: Welcome to The Different Skill Notebook. My name is Anna and Selma, and I am your host. If this is your first time joining us, The Different Skill Notebook is a tool to equip parents, families, and educators on social-emotional learning. Today, I wanted to bring you guys into a conversation, a smart conversation I had with a parent. It's one of my consultations. I think it will be helpful to you in, in many aspects. Today, the skill that we're going to discuss is coping. Coping with stress and discomfort. If we do not cope, we cannot adapt. And if we cannot adapt, we can't evolve emotionally and socially. And in the Different Skill Notebook, we always talk about the importance of skills outside of academics when we look at the big picture as to what we want for our children, I think we can all agree that we want children to self-manage, have self-control, and be able to manage their own lives independently. While academics plays into this, and it's one aspect of learning, it isn't the complete picture. And in order to have self-control and self-manage one's life, academics is a small piece of it. So today I want to talk about the skills behind coping and how important coping is in order for us to function in life and adapt and in order for us to be able to deal with everything that's presented to us. And I think we can all agree in the year we just lost a year with the pandemic and there's this, we've started this year you know with the introduction of the vaccine and then you know some political turmoil and we can see how we're living in times where change is the really big constant every day there's a new change. So coping is a critical skill for our kids. And leaving 2020, we can also see how difficult it was for many of our kids to cope with the changes in the academic environment. And the shifting to home learning did not fare well for a good majority of the children. And the number one difficulty that the kids had with had dealt with coping, self-regulation, and self-management. So in our last few episodes, we've been looking at and discussing, recognizing our child's needs, self-advocacy. But in order to self-advocate, we must be self-aware of our needs. So I want to bring you into a client that that contacted me and wanted to discuss the challenges they had with their child. And this child's name is Nicholas. This is the name I'm giving the child just to share their learning profile with you and then the strategies that we used to assist the mom. So first I want to tell you what the needs are of the family and then I want to tell you a little bit about the family. So the needs of the family is the child didn't do well with the transition to home learning and it was during the home learning transition of last year that they recognized that perhaps the child had skill deficits that they may have not been so evident before or that had, you know, while they were in the school environment, while Nicholas was in the school environment, the supports that he had in the school environment were sufficient to have him be successful. Coming into home learning, there was, you know, a total meltdown of that situation. And it was apparent that he did not then have the skills to be able to manage himself in the home learning environment. So mom is contacting me because, you know, she, during this, she sought out a diagnosis. She went to a diagnostic professional and got a diagnosis for him. And the diagnosis, you know, is autism and ASD and dyslexia. However, I don't want to focus on my session today on the diagnosis. I really want to stick to coping because coping is a skill that every child needs, but more so a child with ADHD or a child with ASD because as part of that diagnosis, there is always a great weakness in self-regulation and organized thinking and the ability of the child to organize their body, their mind, to do goal-oriented tasks, correct, right? So, So I want to just get right into the coping. So I discussed with mom first. Let me tell you a little bit about Nicholas because a child is never the sum of their diagnosis, and a child is never just a lump of skills they don't have in a lump of skills they they have a personality, a character, and talents. And you know, Nicholas is a very cheerful, inquisitive, passionate, interested, impressive, motivated, energetic. Curious and very diligent child. and But right now, he's very stressed, apparently, now that he's back in school. Things are going well. He has a lot of supports in school. He has intervention in school. And he's getting through the school day successfully. When he gets home, he just melts down and is having much stress, much difficulty managing sensory, managing his emotions, so there's a lot of aggression and just total meltdown, okay? Stress overload, computer overload of the brain, right? So mom is contacting me to address what comes first. She has him in some interventions, he currently sees an OT that's assisting with his dyslexia. There's support in school. But what does she do at home? Because his behavior is impacting the entire family. So what I said to her is the top skill here is self-regulation. It's coping. We have to teach him to cope with his discomfort. He has discomfort from this overwhelming surge of emotions that he has, he has discomfort because his body is overstimulated on overload, and he's mentally exhausted from an entire day at school where he has been required to cognitively navigate the environment because children on the autism spectrum cannot intuitively navigate social, the social environment. If they did, then it wouldn't be autism. Right. But so I said, we need coping skills. So we go right to, he comes in through the door. Okay. He comes in through the door and what do we need to do? Well, number one comes in through the door. He is overloaded, stressed. It's not a teaching moment, not a teaching moment. The moment is how to get to calm. How do we get the body to calm? How do we transition him to calm? Okay, so number one, what we must learn is, and what he must learn is, our body, how does it feel? So we want to give him body awareness, right? And that may not be in the moment that he comes in through the door. So I kind of jumped into what to do when he comes in through the door melting down. So mom and I went right to the strategy is let's find a safe place where you can unwind and you can calm down. And when someone is highly stressed and having a meltdown, the important thing to do is find a safe space where they can go and calm themselves down and there's less sensory stimulus, there's less talking, there's less expectations. So for him, it's going to be his room and mom, was going to set up like a tent enclosure, which had worked well for him in home learning. And it was going to be like a fortress. And this was going to be his safe space that he was going to go to. So that's an immediate when someone's having a meltdown, a change of scenery and a pausing of everything that's going around him, meaning expectations, talking demands is, is like top priority. So he goes into his room, right? So that was one of the strategies of, What to do in this situation. So we say, stop, pause, remove myself from the task or the place that's causing me the stress, take a break, identify acts that soothe him, calm him, whether it's music or smells or pillows or a weighted blanket. But, and this is because we're talking in a home environment. If we were in school, it would be different. Okay. So the strategies that I gave mom is, helping him to recognize how does his body feel when he is stressed what are the words that describe how i feel and what does my body need okay so our body how does it feel right now is your heart racing can you check your pulse are you sweating does your stomach hurt Are you just angry and enraged because you're overwhelmed? How does it feel and what words to describe how I feel and what does my body need? Okay, when do you feel this? Okay, at the moment in this scenario that we're in, in this case study, it's, you know, after school, when I come back from school, I am not well. I am very stressed. My body feels this way. I need I have these needs. I need to calm myself down. I need to go to a calm place, right? So when is it? When I get back from school. What to do, right? Well, if it's a younger child, a change of scenery, it's very effective because sometimes a child's body is so overloaded, you can't really go through thinking strategies. So they need to be physical strategies. And we decided that he would go to his room, right? And then it comes to how to do it, how to do it. And this is where the parent has to model this strategy because a child or a person or a teen that's in high distress or stressed out and having... Emotional regulation issues and melting down cannot always implement a strategy themselves. What we're going to move towards is them identifying before they get to that point so that they can implement a calming strategy before that happens, or they know what to do when they are highly stressed so that we avoid that high level of meltdown, right? So we went from when, what to do, and how to do it right? And then in the how to do it is when the child's not stressed and when the child's not having a meltdown at a later time is when you unpack all of this. And then that's a teaching moment. And you go back to when you came back from school, this is what happened. So this is how your body felt. And when your body feels this way, you need to do this. And then this is how you do it. Right. And you can practice it maybe when it's not in a highly stressed situation. Right. And it's, you know, it's an opportunity for you to say, these are some options so that he can practice these options. Also too, it's okay not to wait till there's a meltdown to learn to be calm. You know, we can learn to be calm, to be more productive coping and knowing that there's going to be tasks and situations that are going to be stressful. So we can prepare ourselves prior to those situations, prior to homework. There will always be discomfort in our lives for all of us, for a parent and for a child. So not teaching your child to learn to cope with discomfort is setting them up for a lot of grief, right? It is much, it happens, discomfort happens more frequently than comfort. So it's a a good strategy to always have coping skills. How can we learn to deal with this situation if you're uncomfortable? But we don't necessarily take away the discomfort. The strategy is not taking away the discomfort. It's learning to cope in a positive and productive way With the discomfort. As parents, sometimes we want to rescue our kids from discomfort, and that's not the solution because the world, as we can see it now more than ever, is very uncomfortable. We are all having to cope with. Change that's way beyond our control. We're all having to adapt to situations that were unexpected and we didn't know were coming. So they've been a great surprise or we've been having to adapt to a great amount of loss personally, whether it's employment or family members or friends. We're also having to adapt to a large amount of stress from having family members and friends being, you know, affected by COVID. We're seeing a lot of distress and unrest, civil unrest in our government, right? So these are times where adaptability is key, but adaptability and flexibility and shifting our mindsets is not easy if we don't have coping skills. And if we avoid discomfort, we don't learn to acquire coping skills. So I hope this session was helpful to you. This was my first session with this parent, and during this session, we did unpack many things about the spectrum, ADHD, and dyslexia, and we covered many things, but I always go to prioritizing with my parents. What is the top thing that you need to tackle? Because a child that's distressed and unable to regulate cannot learn. So the learning is blocked. So you always go to the skill required to open up the pathway of learning. And unable to cope is not a good skill. Uh, skill deficit for a child who's going to have discomfort in their body. If a child has autism and ADHD, they're going to have discomfort in their body. And they're going to have needs that need to be met. And ignoring them does not help the learning process. And coping is a great skill for all of us. As a parent, in teaching my children how to cope, with their stresses, I have learned to cope with my stresses better. And we've learned to be more proactive in how we manage our lives to avoid unnecessary stress and unnecessary exposure to situations and environments that escalate our stress and our discomfort. For example, having the news on 24-7, very stressful for me. Do I check the news? Absolutely do I do it all day? No. Being on social media all day, being bombarded with an overload of information. No, don't do it. Do it on certain times. And knowing when to leave those platforms, right? When it's, you know, you're getting fed information that's stressing you. And that's what I said with this child, Nicholas, it's like, what is happening to your body? When is it happening? And then how do we do, what do we do, and how do we do it to reduce that stress, right? I hope this time was helpful. In our website and on Podbean, you will see a transcript and notes on the podcast, and they will have additional information on you know, this child's diagnosis and the other areas that m- the mom and I spoke about that were relevant to his situation. I think that, it, you know, sometimes we, we don't know what to prioritize when our child has several needs. And if we don't prioritize the right skills, we tend to find ourselves in crisis. And at the Social Mind Center, we always prioritize the entire family and the family wellness so because a, when a family is not as a whole well it's difficult to be proactive in helping one of the kids if you find this helpful you can contact me on my wife on my website www.socialmindcenter.com and you can press the console button and I will be reached immediately and you can set up a consultation with me our first consultations are usually free and you know, we can work on, if, you, if I cannot help you with your situation, we certainly have resources and colleagues everywhere that can help you with your situation. Or you might find yourself in a situation where you already have the resources and tools and are just not using them properly. Thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to our next episode.